The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to shorts and tees and bikinis. And for anything I'm trying to update in my wardrobe, I'm not trying to spend a small fortune. Let me tell you about Quince, because I just found a bikini, top and bottom, $50. High quality, $25 for the top, $25 for the bottom. There is a certain Australian shearling slipper that I've been looking for, and I found it for $50 on Quince. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Lexi for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Lexi to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Lexi. Are you looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? Let me tell you about Recess Mood. It's infused with functional ingredients. It's not just a sparkling water. It has mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. It comes in four delicious flavors, strawberry rose, tropical bliss, blood orange, and raspberry lemon. I think raspberry lemon's my favorite. I do like strawberry rose a lot as well. I love a fun beverage. It's nice to crack one open, pour it over ice, to unwind at home, chill on the couch, treat yourself to a night in. It's a great replacement for alcohol. It's also a way to stay balanced while on the go when you're running errands. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. So head to takearecess.com slash Lexi and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I'm Lexi Lombard, your host of the At Lexi Podcast, and I'm a single woman. This is not news. I've been single since right before I turned 21, and I'm 27 now. I spent all of my adolescence in a relationship, and then after that, I've just been riding solo, and I kind of love it, so much so that I posted a screenshot of a notes app note on my Instagram story saying, I think I'm too comfortable being single, and the response I had was overwhelming. It was a bunch of people saying, whoa, same, same to a point of concern. And then other people saying, how, tell me your ways. I am so uncomfortable being single. So this is a highly anticipated episode. I'm going to go over what my thoughts are and why I think I am so comfortable being single. I'm not sure if it's going to be what you think. Also, if you hear a slight buzzing in the background, a little hum, get used to it because I'm cold and I turned on a space heater. Besides that, what do I, where do I begin? I had a boyfriend that turned into the longest relationship of my life thus far and we ended up being together for six and a half years and that was not poppy love. That was a marriage and a divorce as far as I'm concerned. It was intense, it was deep and it was true and it was sweet and I loved being in love and I think monogamy is adorable and not adorable in a belittling way. I think it's adorable in a way that it's precious and I would be more than happy to be in a monogamous relationship again in my life. However, since that breakup, I have been riding solo in a way that I would need someone to blow me away, (laughs) emotionally and physically, for me to commit. I'm a modern woman. Let's start there. I have my own money. I don't need anybody's money. I can fund my life. That'll be a different story when it's time for a family. You know, there's probably a little bit of toxic romanticism around 
being a single mother raising an only child, but I would much prefer to raise that child in the comfort of siblings and two loving parents. So I'm a modern woman. I like my time. I don't have any responsibilities. I don't even have a pet. So you want to get coffee this afternoon and next thing you know, it's four in the morning and we're at some random man's house watching the sunrise eating pizza? Let's do it. The adventure's calling and I'm down. I have no one to attend to. I'm also abundantly aware that this is going to be a blip within my life. I do not see my life existing long term as a single person, but I'm in my 20s. This is my moment to get to do whatever I want. The freedom and the independence is so special to me because I know how short of a moment this is going to be. Let's say I commit to someone when I'm 30, live till I'm 90, 60 years. I haven't even been alive 60 years. I haven't even been alive for half of 60 years. And I'm going to spend a majority of my life committed to someone. So if I want to spend seven of those years, six of those years doing my thing, I'm going to do that. I feel no pressure. I live in Los Angeles, California. People grow up much slower here. Clarification, people settle down a lot later. You can be a kid for a lot longer than you can in Warrington, Virginia. Same thing in New York. You meet someone at the club, they're 41. They think they're a kid. 41, you're pushing grandparent age in Texas. So I have no geographical pressure to settle down around me. Sure, I have friends and relationships, but I have many more friends that are single. So I also don't feel any pressure from my social group, nor do I feel any pressure from my family. When I go home, my aunts and my uncles or my dad or my grandma, they're not like, so when are the grandkids coming? No one's asking me that. No one cares. And that has alleviated any stress upon me because I'm not in the mood and no one else is feeling a sense of urgency for me. On top of that, I had to rack my brain with some friends the other day to find a relationship that I know of that I would rather be in. There was one. We could come up with one relationship that I thought was beautiful and true and I would want something like that. One. So I'm not having much jealousy for my friends and relationships because I'm like, I wouldn't want to be in that relationship. I'd much rather be me. Which as a side note, wow. If there's one thing you should aim to achieve in this life, it would be to answer no to the question, is there anyone in this world you would rather be? Is there anyone in this world that you would like to trade places with permanently? No. Lexi Lombard, Philosopher 2024. <laughs> but I'm serious. I think that that's a great goal to achieve in this lifetime because I, I do feel that way. I'm like, no. So because I have no pressure and no jealousy and I love independence and freedom, I'm made to be single. I think this suits my lifestyle very well. I'm extroverted. There's nothing I love more than being plucked out of my comfort zone and being thrown into a social scenario where I know nobody because I know I'll come out with friends. I love nothing more than to meet people and make this world feel a little bit more like home. That being said, in my long relationship that I had, we were both really great at going out, going to a party, splitting up, and then going home together. I always loved that. I know I'm going home with you, so like, let's go talk to the people that we don't normally see. And there are absolutely ways to be independent within a relationship. And I will say, in that relationship, I never was given rules or told you can or cannot do this. But just as a 
healthy, decent human, you're going to take them into consideration because you're committed to them. You're going to be thinking of them when you're making decisions, whether that's conscious or unconscious, whether it's getting in the car and thinking of the music that you should play that would suit both of you. When you're watching something, let's think of a movie that both of us are going to like. Where I remember when I was first single, I was so excited to put a movie on that just I wanted to watch or get into the car and play the song that I wanted to listen to or even more extreme than that if I felt like listening to the same song over and over and over again for the entire car ride I could do so because it didn't matter. I also liked being able to make last minute decisions being invited to something and not really permission feels wrong because that's not how it felt but as I'm saying you just sort of have a little common decency to let your person know hey I think I'm gonna go to this happy hour um some friends are actually going skiing tomorrow and they have an extra space in the car I want to go it's nice to be able to do those things and be free and be independent now I know there's people out there that are listening to this and they're like, no, 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 I'm a serial monogamous, okay? I like having my person, I like having the box checked, I like having my family, my friends, and my relationship, and that is happy to me, that feels safe, that's comfortable, I like taking care of someone, it suits me. Okay, well, I dare you to try differently, huh? Even just for a little bit of time, just see what it's like. Also, I want to make something abundantly clear. I do not believe that the only way to find yourself is being single. A lot of people say that, you know, you got to be single to learn about yourself. I absolutely think that you can learn about yourself in a relationship. I do not think those things are mutually exclusive. You absolutely get to know yourself. Maybe in it, it, same, same little different. Wait, is that a microaggression? I think I heard that recently. Oh, no. If Okay. The, ah! <laughs> I wasn't trying to. Um, oh, no. I lost my train of thought that I think uh, there are absolutely two ways of learning about yourself within and without a relationship i definitely think those things are possible but it is a unique experience to get to be out and about and this is not in a way of uh adding in casual hookups there's also you can be single and not having casual hookups because i think hookups culture scares a lot of people i've definitely developed my own strategy that is not foolproof by any means I was thinking, I'm like, have I mastered that balance? No. Okay, you have a really flawed strategy. Here's what I've been doing for the last seven years. Out of the people that I'm sexually attracted to, they fall into two categories. The first ones, I'm sexually attracted to you. I really have no desire to get to know you better in any other way than just sexually. So I'm down to have a fun rendezvous casual hookup and I'm probably never going to speak to you again. That's box number one. Then we have box number two damn, I'm attracted to you, would love to have sex, but I'm also emotionally interested in you. You kind of seem like someone that I would enjoy dating. I'm scared of that (laughs) and out of fear of rejection, which is a silly reason to prevent action in the first place. I am going to put you in the friend zone. So those are the two boxes. Flawed strategy, very flawed strategy, making mistakes in it all the time. The first few years after getting out of that relationship, I took major personal steps I moved to a new city. I moved from Los Angeles to New York. And then I moved in with two strangers that became friends of mine and I enrolled in school. I also began an internship. And from that, just expanded my world, which was really exciting. And I was so excited by being in this new city, meeting new people, having a job, having school, that there wasn't even space to date. I My life was full and I still feel that way 
to this very day where I do have a very large and rich social life and there aren't that many gaps which I think has kept me from being in a relationship because I, if you want my time you really need to earn it and I'm so comfortable with my life right now if you want to be in it it needs to be enriching emotionally physically I'm getting ahead of myself I moved to this new city and I was building a life for myself and I had so much that I wanted to do. There were places I wanted to explore. I remember that for a summer, a guy friend of mine said, do you want to stay with me in London? I doubt if I had a boyfriend, he would allow that. <laughs> Not in a way that, it, just understandably, I, I really want to make it so clear that I was never restricted in my relationship. That's just common decency. This whole month was crazy. I went to London. I stayed at my friend's. He had two roommates. I really became friends with one of the guys that he lived with. Met up with some other friends in London. We went to Paris for a little bit. Then I went to Madrid. The roommate that I became friends with, I became friends with him and his other friend. They ended up, were like, wait, we want to visit you in Madrid. We want to see you again. So they fly to Madrid that day and they meet me there. And then we hang out. And it's just, I wouldn't do those things if I was in a relationship. And I've gotten on that role and I haven't wanted to stop. I'm open to stopping or shifting or compromising, but I haven't yet. I gave a few guys a chance last year. The problem is my standards, I need them to be smarter than me, which not to say that I'm smart, but I do have to rank somewhere and I want them to be above it. I haven't met or I haven't gone out with a guy that's smarter than me and I want that. Also a vocabulary. Ugh. There's nothing sexier to me than a good vocabulary or there's nothing sexier to me than someone who knows something that I know nothing about and they teach it to me. Like that turns me on. Wow. You can definitely turn me on through intellectual stimulation for sure. And if I'm not getting that, but I think you're hot, then I'll see it with you, but it's not going to turn into anything. We'll talk about sex, I guess. Sex in a relationship, so much safer, so much safer. Knock on wood, never had an STD, not that there's anything wrong with that, but safety in that way. But even more than that, emotional safety, maybe not even more than that, but just as important, emotional safety and feeling safe and secure. I don't hook up with someone when I'm intoxicated if I know I wouldn't have done that or liked that idea prior to the intoxication. Anytime I'm hooking up with someone, it's because I've thought I would do this sober, 100%. And that eliminates a lot of guilt, a lot of uncomfortability, and a lot of regret. Hookup culture is tricky because you can detach, but it's not easy to. Some people are able to detach more easily than others. I have been able to detach to have a fun time, but it's a risky, dicey road. I also don't really believe that sex is casual. It can be. More often than not, it's not and I don't think it should be. There's no sex as good as the sex you have when you're in love. That's top tier sex. Sober sex, deeply in love, intoxicating on its own. There's nothing like it. That's the best. That was also an issue that I had. I went a pretty good amount of time without sleeping with anyone after the breakup. I'm gonna have to be drunk off my ass to even attempt to make that connection with someone no 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 because you have to think about it I, ha I lost my virginity with this person that's the only person that I had slept with so to do that with someone else I think the first person I slept with was someone that I met on vacation so I'm like this is a good 
a good step. <laughs> it's someone that's cute. This is an isolated experience. I'll never run into them again if this goes south. And that was great. And then I had a crush on my neighbor. I don't even know. <laughs> I talked about this in some episode. I've never had it. I didn't prior to this have a crush on my neighbor, but I was home for the holidays. And my neighbor drove by in a Porsche and I was on a walk with another friend. And we were just like, is that so-and-so? He looked pretty good. And he and I ended up sleeping together. And then his mom, our neighbor, walked in on us and screamed in my face. And I was so scared and I ran away and we've never, never talked about it since. <laughs> Thank you and good night. So my two sexual experiences after the breakup were one and done. And I think that started training me in a, oh, I can do this, one and done, got it. Not a fantastic strategy. I also didn't want to be in a relationship. I was like, wait, I haven't, I haven't been young and single and independent before. This is cool. I'm a young woman. I can make decisions as I please. But now I'm getting to a point where I'd love to be in a relationship. I'd love to be in a relationship by the end of this year. I also had to recover during these six years. I don't know if it's six or seven. I'm probably going to say both in this episode. I had to, not to bring pop therapy into it, but I was recovering from avoidant attachment, for sure. I read Attach Summer of 2020, and the only sections I had highlighted were in the avoidance section. I'd like to believe I'm a little bit more secure now. I have other tendencies if I'm in crush mode. Ugh, I'm so not chill when I have a crush, which is also probably a reason that I've avoided relationships because I'm a Pisces. I get lost in the fantasy. I'm a Pisces. Of course I think I can save you. I will run wild with my thoughts. I can't handle them. I cannot handle a crush. I have no chill. I'm going to be giddy, skipping around, distracted. My personal peace has been disturbed. <laughs> so I have to be careful. But then, ironically enough, once the fantasy is broken and the person is down and they're in my reality, I'm like, mm, no, gross. <laughs> Thank you, next. It's a disservice to everyone involved. And that was a cycle that was being repeated often. And I made some horrible mistakes and probably hurt some feelings along the way with that, where I showed a lot of interest and as soon as it was reciprocated, I got cold and left. And that's something that I don't think is very kind to do and can be avoided. That being said, relationships are a lot more complex than attachment style. I think it's been spotlighted it's not as important as we make it out to be. And maybe I'm saying that because my therapist doesn't put very much emphasis or weight on attachment style. And I agree with her. I wanted to mention that because that definitely aided into my behavior over the course of the last few years. Is there anything else I want to say before I get into the questions? Because there are so many questions. I like being single because I love the freedom. I would be open to being in a relationship because... I think relationships are equally as beautiful. See, being in love and committed to someone is one of the best experiences in this life. Simultaneously, being independent, self-sufficient, and full of freedom is also one of the greatest experiences in this life. And I think it's very important to experience both because they're both precious and beautiful and enriching in their own way. And on that note, let's get into the questions. My handle is Lexi just like the name of this podcast. And there's a ton of questions. So let's get into them. But first, a word from today's sponsors. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. I was so lucky as a kid. I never had 
seasonal allergies. It was not something I dealt with. And then something switched in my mid-20s and I started developing seasonal allergies and my allergies throw off my whole morning. So let me tell you about Astapro. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. I think it's important to mention that Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays can take hours. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy noses, and sneezing. I only recently learned about Astapro. I wish I knew about it sooner. If you're interested, get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay, I'm gonna get a little sad girl for a second. But Mother's Day is around the corner, and if your mother is still in your life, a really unique gift that you could get is My Life in a Book. How it works is that every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your mom questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or custom questions that you wish to ask, and then she can either type her response or record her voice. And My Life in a Book compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. And then they can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. So it's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Woo! If you're interested, check out mylifeinabook.com and use code Lexi at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's M-Y-L-I-F-E-I-N-A-B-O-O-K.com and use code Lexi for 10% off today. Starting from the top, could you see yourself in a polyamorous relationship? Monogamy doesn't feel confining to me. I think I'd be perfectly happy in a monogamous relationship until we hit maybe like the decade mark. It's hard to predict, but I have thought about the concept of an open relationship if I am marrying someone because inevitably I feel if we're going to be married for 40, 50, 60 years... And that's also coming from a girl that's never seen divorce in her family. I have a small family, though, but guys, no one's been divorced and no one's gay. Who's lying? Someone's lying. No divorce? Nobody gay? Come on. But I definitely would get married with the intention of that being forever, which forever is... Life is very short, but life is also very long. And I think that there are many possibilities and modern ways to exist in a relationship that could be self-serving that I would be open to. Now, a polyamorous relationship. I've thought about dating a couple. I think that'd be exciting. And that could be fun. (laughs) Not to be stereotypical. It seems like a lot of people in polyamorous relationships are kind of ugly. (laughs) You know? Not opposed. Not opposed. I could see myself in that, but I'm not aiming for that in any real way. Elon Musk OnlyFans, funny username, do you ever feel like you're missing out? No, no, because I think of this chapter as something very temporary and something very sacred. I actually feel quite opposite. I think the people that don't get to experience this are potentially missing out. Mm, It's Boomer Shine asked, how do I get this way because I'm so uncomfortable being single? I get this. There are people that feel very comfortable in a relationship. The the duties and responsibilities included in commitment come very naturally. And maybe it is 
a bigger risk or it is more uncomfortable to be single and to be on your own, especially if you have outside pressure, whether that's your town, your family, your friends, your roommate. I'm sure it'd be really tricky if you're living with someone who's in a committed, healthy relationship and you're like, damn, I want that. I feel like something's missing if I don't have that. Over time, I do feel post-breakup, I remember feeling like something was missing, but I don't feel like anything's missing right now. I do feel full and satisfied the way that I did in a relationship. I would dare you to try. If you're someone that doesn't like being single, that in itself is something worth exploring, why you feel you can't be single. And doing uncomfortable things is how we grow as people. And I would argue that getting through this uncomfortability of being single would make you a much better partner in the future. Young Lisa Simpson, is it concerning how much I hate dating but still want a partner? Oh no, if it is, add me to the boat. Flirting? Amazing. Being in love? Amazing. Dating? Ugh! Grace wants to know, are you nervous to eventually never get to live alone or independently again? A little, not a lot, but a little. When I'm comfortable in the safety of my own bedroom with no one else around, that's a sacred experience that I will treasure and it's hard to imagine that I may never receive that again. So I think I'm just soaking up these single years because I don't see myself being single forever. And that's why I'm so comfortable being single. Ugh, this question. Do you ever lose your peace when you get involved with someone? Yes, absolutely. Crushes disturb my peace. I cannot handle one. I am no good. I'm distracted. They take up every thought. I'm driving in the car. I'm picturing us having a fake conversation with them sitting imaginarily in my shotgun seat. It's <laughs> not peaceful. But I think and know in my core that a successful relationship would be peace and I would maintain it and it would probably aid to the peace or create or add to it. I don't know how to pronounce this username, but they asked how to flirt. You smile and you look at them. Also, don't overestimate a wink. Winks are funny. I think being cheekily honest, you know, to say something that maybe you would be afraid to say, but say it with a smile on your face, maybe a little giggle, great way to flirt. I think flirting is just being playful. Oh, this is an amazing question. Janie wants to know single you versus couple you. How different are they? And do you think they would ever be able to coexist? What a fantastic question. Relationship me and single me are very similar in the sense that we like to go off and not have a partner in crime, but then have their solid, trustworthy person or people to return back to at the end of the night. My issue being in a relationship is I sort of lost myself a bit. And I want to avoid that next time I'm in a relationship. I've been able to build up a strong sense of self and I don't want to lose that because that was one thing I did find myself losing and I had to regain it. Some people are much better at this than others. I tend to be a little bit more adaptable and because of that, it can come to my detriment because I'm subconsciously catering to someone else. And when you subconsciously cater to someone else long enough, you just sort of become that person based on how your daily habits are even if it's not who you are to your core it's who you're acting like but just going back to rediscovering who my favorite artists were 
because I realized that my favorite artists were the artists that I shared with that person or activities or ways to spend time that I liked. It was really just the ways that we like to spend time together. And now I have my my own things. So I would want to maintain that. Single Lexi sacrificed her routines. I don't know if the men you date are like this, but I have dated way too many men that have no night routine. And I have myself a lovely night routine and I would just, okay, I guess I'll do the same thing. What? That's not right. Why would that be my conclusion? Okay, I just turned off the space heater. So if it gets, if the buzzing stopped, surprise. I told you to get used to it. Now you don't have to. I would maintain a lot more of my self-care this time around. I take care of myself really well as a single person. I have really good habits and I want to test this time around making sure that I maintain those good habits because when left to my own devices, I actually do quite well. So that would be something that I would want to learn. That's such an interesting question. I think everyone should ask single you versus couple you, how different are they? And do you think that they'd be able to coexist? I do think they'd be able to coexist now. It was hard before, but I think I could do it now. My middle names asked, how do you decide when it's the right time to put yourself back into the dating scene? When you start having a curiosity for it, if you think it sounds fun, if you don't think it sounds like a chore, absolutely it's time. If you find yourself gravitating towards romantic conversations, flirty banter, wanting to see someone, it's time. If you're not interested, if you have a visceral reaction, I mean, you should have seen the way when I was not ready to date, I would be beyond nervous before dates, like to a scary degree where I would need to be punched in the face. I would need to take three shots to go on a date where now I just show up and it's not, it's not a deal. Not only is it not a big deal, it's not even a little deal. My, my body would shake. <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't listen to myself. I was like, maybe this is just what dating's like. Maybe I just got really lucky by always having relationships growing up. Ironically, I was a child serial monogamist. <laughs> I swear to God, I had my first makeout when I was in third grade because I wanted to be the first girl who had a makeout. And then I moved schools in fourth grade and I started, I had a boyfriend. Which, what does that even mean when you're in fourth grade? But we dated from the end of fourth grade to the beginning of sixth grade. And then I dated a guy for eighth grade. And then I dated um, a guy from 14 to 21. So I loved commitment as a child. I was like, oh, yes, this is my man. (laughs) Which is so crazy then to be this 20-something heavily single woman. It's just funny because I feel like the serial monogamist continue and after that long relationship I'm like Anna this is my chapter but I was not ready to start dating when I did and I would go on these first dates and I would be so scared so then don't do it if your body is having a horrible reaction to it like physical symptoms don't do it there is a level of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone but then there's physical signs that you're not ready but like a little nerves that's fine But what I'm talking about was far worse than a little nerve. So to state the obvious, if it sounds interesting to you or if you've done the work and you want to see what it's like to put yourself out there almost as a test, give that a shot. Oh, this is a great question. Am I actually comfortably single or am I afraid of rejection? Both can be true. Both can be true. Rejection, was I talking about this in a recent episode? 
that I didn't deal with very much rejection growing up. I was praised often and rejection is a lesson that I'm learning later in life. But the more you get rejected, the easier it becomes with anything in life. The more it happens, the more comfortable you get with it. What helps me deal with rejection are A, realizing it's not that personal. It's a little personal, but not that personal. And two, it's just a person. We're all just people on earth. Like, it's one person that's not into you. There are so many other people. Like, why are you holding this person to such a high standard? And three, get in therapy. It'll help a lot. That's why I first got in therapy. It's like, ooh, I'm going through a rough breakup. I am 21 and have just gotten out of a six and a half year commitment to someone. None of my friends relate to this. I am in the dark doing this. I need help. Jesse asked, do you ever feel worried about the timeline for marriage or kids? Of course. I don't know if I said this in the episode, but throughout these last few years, there has absolutely been times where I'm alone in my room at night wishing that I had someone to hold or to hold me. I'm not a robot. I definitely crave companionship and there's an element of love in a relationship that can't be provided by anything else. And as time passes, I'm inevitably getting closer to the time in which I'd want to experience marriage and children. But deep down, I would be really shocked if that didn't happen for me, if I missed that. And then I also have faith that if it didn't for whatever reason, it's because it wasn't supposed to. So yes, I feel worried about it inevitably, but not regularly. And I don't worry about it more often than not. What is this username? Katie Sai? I think it's username. How to get out of the cycle of validation attachment. Self-validation is a huge lesson that's absolutely worth learning. If you are relying on external validation, you are perpetually unfulfilled or completely codependent. And it's not easy. Of course, I've been in periods of time where I'm definitely in search of external validation if I'm feeling low and down on myself, feeling insecure. Oh, great. Have someone else tell you how wonderful you are, how sexy you are, how funny you are, how smart you are. That'll help. But if you're requiring this off of someone else, it's unsustainable. Not to be Dr. Obvious, but therapy definitely helps with this. Self-help books. Oh my god, have I recommended The Untethered Soul? I don't know if that will help exactly with validation. I should read it again. It's been a year or two since I've read it. But I do remember this helping with attachment and being uninhibited. Arden Goodfellow asked, is there such thing as being too picky when it comes to relationships? Unless you're searching for perfection, no. Because what are you going to say? Like We're also all pretty young, I'm assuming. If I'm going out with someone and they're not funny to me... I'm not being picky. That's just not a good match. Unless your standards are so incredibly specific, which sure, I mean, there's like some manifestation coaches out there that are like, yes, girl, get specific. It's probably just like, I want someone funny who's self-sufficient and kind and I'm attracted to that makes me laugh and feel safe and has a relatively high EQ and communication skills. I doubt you're saying, well, I'm just looking for a billionaire that has a house in Hawaii in New York City that's ready to pay for my rent and went to Harvard, played basketball, and has beautiful brown eyes. Like, how specific are you trying to get? Sure, if you're asking for all that, maybe it's too much. 
But if you're looking for the list that I just listed, that's not picky. Sophia wants to know, has there been anyone you dated recently who's gotten close to being boyfriend material? No. 41QX said, I feel like there's no one's company that beats my own and I don't know how to overcome that. You don't have to. That means when you meet someone that you love their company, that's the one. That's what you want in a relationship. Someone whose company matches or beats your own. Girl, that's you knowing what you want. Oh, this is a question that I think is very Gen Z. Very internet culture. May wants to know when to stop quote-unquote dating for the plot and start taking it more seriously. I've never been one to date for the plot. I have plenty of life experiences and random stories that fill the plot. My memoir is stuffed already and I'm 27. I don't think I need to. It doesn't sound interesting enough for me to do that. I would be dating for the intention of finding someone. That's me personally. So I think you need to take a look at your life and your life experiences and see. But also, why not both? There's definitely a Venn diagram of people that would potentially be a good match for you and people that would enrich the plot. Don't just go on a date with someone that you know you would never be with just for the plot. But there's definitely someone that you might be with that also could enrich the plot. Finesse Queen said, what type of vibrator do you use? Because I love sex and dick too much. It's a curse. We didn't talk about this. I touched on sex, but I didn't talk about why I want these casual fun rendezvous. It's because ultimately I am a young girl. I have a sex drive. And I have the Womanizer, the little clit stimulating vibrator, which I was just thinking about. I've had her for years. I might need a new one. Um, It is a curse. It's a curse because casual sex is messy and dangerous for more ways than one and a vibrator that's nice and safe nothing wrong is gonna happen if you're just jerking off but they're different yes sometimes i'm literally just craving an orgasm but sometimes i'm craving having sex with someone but if you're just craving an orgasm it is not worth the trouble to have sex with someone so in that case get yourself a good vibrator love the womanizer such a funny name i've never really thought about it What's the longest you've gone without shaving? Oh, that's so funny. This goes back into my self-care is great. Even if I've gone through periods of time where I'm not seeing anybody, I'm still getting waxed or shaving. I don't really go that long without shaving. I don't, I like being pretty shaved personally and soft. I love having soft skin. Emma wants to know, should you go on a date with someone if there are already red flags? No, (laughs) definitely not. Abby wants to know my ideal way to meet someone. Dating app, blind date, randomly, etc. I will tell you, this is my ideal way to date someone. This is my fantasy. I'm on a random day, out and about, whether I'm with friends or without, and I meet someone, and all of a sudden we find out that we have so much overlap in our lives. We either share same friends, and it's like, how have we never met? How have we never crossed paths? And then our personalities just really mesh and we have a lot in common and they're fun. And then we go out and think, wow, this is something really special. That's my fantasy. It's not even that crazy. Teen Witch wants to know, why do so many people see women comfortable being single as a problem to be fixed? Because this is the first time in history that women don't need anything from anybody. If I'm going to be in a relationship, it's because I want you, not because I need you. And if you're in a situation right now where you're in a relationship because you need something from them, 
I would challenge you to get to a point where you don't. Someone asked, what do you do when you like your friends better when they're single? This has gotten me into a little bit of trouble recently because I'm a huge fan of the open invite. There are some flaws within the plan, but whenever I'm doing something and I invite someone, other people are down. For example, if I'm going, I think I'm going to go to the movies tonight. I texted one friend. Another friend asked me what I'm doing. I said, I'm going to the movies with this friend. They're coming with me. Then they're bringing their friend. And then I'm also going to invite my other friend. Next thing you know, we have five of us going to the movie. Whenever people are bringing a mutual friend or a new friend, it just makes the circle bigger and gives you more options. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why I'm explaining how to make friends. I should make an episode on that. That's the most requested topic that I get amongst a lot of other podcasters. People always want to know how to make friends as an adult. But my point is that it's nice to have a large outer circle as well as a nice inner circle. That way, if your friends are in relationships... You're like, it's okay, go do your thing, I'll see you later. Zellabella wants to know my favorite solo dates to take myself on. I love running errands by myself. That's special because I'm driving in the car alone and I get to sing at the top of my lungs. I can listen to an audiobook. I can sit in complete silence. I also like being able to take my time in all the places that I go. I like shopping by myself. Similarly, because if I walk in a store and there's nothing I want to try on, great, I'm leaving. If there's a store that I walk into and I want to take three trips to the dressing room, great. I'm taking all the time I want. That's special to me. I don't know if this is considered a solo date, but reading feels like a very personal experience and I like that. Also, running. Running is a great solo date. I ran four miles yesterday. I ran three miles last week. And my goal was to run three miles this week. And after I got past the third mile, I'm starting to gain speed. I don't know if I've ever made an episode about running, but I think running is really special. It's not for everybody, but if you've ever had an interest, there are tricks. One being it takes about 10 to 15 minutes to even warm your body up to the concept of running. And that's often how long some people run entirely. They're like, I've already done it for 10, 15 minutes. I'm done. It's like, no, 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 now you're warmed up. Now your body can actually run. Another trick to running farther is to run at the speed in which you could hold a conversation. So if you're on the treadmill, try running at 4.0 for a mile, two miles, three miles. You're going to eventually get your body warmed up to that speed and then you could work your way up to like 4.2, 4.5, 4.8. That's what I did yesterday. And then by the end of it, I was running at 7.0. It was so nice. So that's a good solo date. Toucan Sam Smith, do you see yourself having a traditional wedding? No. The only way I would do that is if my partner wanted that. I do not care about wedding culture at all. I care about funeral culture. Throw me a huge funeral. Make that a big party. I don't give a fuck about my wedding. I'm already winning. I'm in love. If I love someone enough to commit to them to have a marriage with them, I don't need something giant. Let's elope and have a party. I don't know. I want to have kids and I want to commit to someone. I don't even know what I care about being married. But then some part of me is like, it'd be really sweet to be a wife. <laughs> That's so funny. Someone said, how do I tell someone that I'm interested in a cool nonchalant way? <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> I want to tell people that all the time. I'm like, I have a crush on you in a cool nonchalant way, in a way that I'm obsessing over it in my own personal life. But realistically, I would be fine with or without you. Like, no, I want to let you know that I like you, but not in a way that you should be concerned because it's cool whether or not you like me back. 
I just want to let, let you know. But how do you make a move on someone? I don't know. Maybe just be like, you know, you're really hot. See what they say. And smile when you say it. <laughs> someone said, who did you kiss on New Year's? Guys, I kissed Carter Gregory. This is a good one. This is a good one. Jillian wants to know, so are we giving guys grace or cutting them off? I never know which to choose. I think there's a spectrum of what can be forgiven and what is not worth teaching or salvaging. Once again, this is kind of vague because we're not speaking about anything specific, but you know, is it a gray or a beige flag or are these red flags? Because if they're gray or beige, sure, let's work through them. If this is someone that you're super compatible with, but they just have an emotional blind spot or, you know, something that was ingrained in them, but they could outgrow or learn, sure. But if the juice is not worth the squeeze, onward and upward, moving on. I'm seeing a lot of these questions that are, I'm really comfortable in my own company. Does that mean I have to push myself out of it to grow? Like, am I being too safe? No, I think there's rest periods. Not every moment of singleness is a dry spell. Sometimes it's a rest period. Sometimes it's getting to date yourself or just taking a little break. I don't think we should be that harsh on ourselves. I mean, guys, I've been single for six or seven years. Let me tell you, you've got time. Oh, someone said I'm 16, but I low-key feel pressure to be in a relationship, but I have no desire. What's your advice? Don't be in one. Do not be in one. No. Try again when you're 20. Try again when you're 27. It doesn't matter. Bottom line, it's great to be comfortable in your own company. It's great to desire companionship and give yourself grace and time to find good companionship and a good compatible partner. I don't think there is such thing as being too comfortable single. I think it was just a cheeky thought. If you are single and you're loving it, lean into it. If you're recently single and you're not loving it, I challenge you to lean into it. And if you're in a loving, successful relationship, all the better and kudos to you. One day we'll be there too. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Can't wait to talk to you in the next one. Talk to you next week. XOXO, Lexi.